You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Speaking of tripadvice.com, have you been there lately? Do you ever go there? Well, if you have been there in the past and you go there now, you're going to see I finally redid the website. I think I mentioned that a few episodes ago. But yeah, the website's redone. Looks a lot nicer. It looks a lot fresher. It kind of looked a little old for a little while. Even though this is the, I would say, sixth rendition of tripadvice.com. All the way back to 2011. So 11 years of having that website and finally got it to a place where it's, uh, well, what am I kidding? I'm probably going to change it again. It's always going to be a work in progress. Who knows where the internet's going and how web pages are going to look in the next 20 years. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Today, man, I got a crazy guest and you might know who it is. If you're a Netflix lover, viewer, watcher, if you've ever watched the show or specifically season two of the show, Love is Blind, you may have heard of a guy named Shake. And we have Shake here on the podcast. Pretty cool. Pretty cool to have a reality show, I want to say contestant, uh, attendee, maybe just someone who's been on a reality show. Well, that's Shake. He's been on one. And if you know about the show Love is Blind season two, then you know that he was not the most loved from that show. If you watch the reunion, there's always this like reunion that happens with all the cast members where they get together and talk to the hosts after a crazy season of whatever. Well, if you saw the reunion, it went down pretty rough for him at least, but he gets to share his side of the story on this episode. Now, if you're, you're like, well, what, what's Love is Blind? What's that about? Who's Shake? What's Netflix? Uh, You should probably know what Netflix is, but I can understand maybe you've never watched Love is Blind. Love is Blind is a reality show that's had two seasons on Netflix that is all about people going into rooms where they are talking to other contestants and they are not able to see them. They're only able to talk to them. And this is a show that has this experiment to see is love truly blind. So what happens is they get to pick who they like out of all the people that they've talked to. And then when they pick that person, they propose to them. So they do a proposal and ask them to marry them, even though they've never seen them. And then there's this big reveal where finally the two people who've been talking and connecting and are falling in love finally get to see each other for the first time. And then they date for a little bit and they they show this on the show. And they go on a little vacation together. All the contestants go on this vacation. And you get to see how it all unfolds. And to see if love is truly blind. And who lasts and who doesn't. And I'm going to have to give you a spoiler alert here. Because, well, this whole episode is a big spoiler alert. Let's just say that Shake ended up proposing to this one woman. And then towards the end of the show, as they're about to get married. Yes, marriages actually do happen on the show. As they're about to get married, she says no. And that's it for them. Like I said, the reunion was pretty crazy. People were attacking Sheikh for his thoughts on whether love is actually blind. If you're not interested in watching this reality show, but you want to connect this 
this podcast episode to the actual TV show without having to watch a full season, just watch the reunion. So if you have Netflix, watch the reunion. Some things will be out of context, but you'll get an idea of who Shake is, and then you can listen to this or listen to this and watch that, whatever you want to do. But yeah, we talked to Shake, and he tells his story. Honestly, one thing I was just really interested in, it was just cool to have someone here on the podcast that's been on a reality show. I want to hear what that what that's like. What's that process like? How do they get him on the show? What was the casting process like? What was it like to go through that? So we're going to hear all that on today's interview with Shake. And I'm excited too, because he's having me on his podcast called Life is Blurry. And you can check that out if you're interested in hearing him discuss uh, all kinds of different topics with all different kinds of guests. So you can check that out on his podcast, Life is Blurry. We'll put a link there in the show notes. And you can definitely listen to Life is Blurry when he has me on there. So you can look out for the episode with Trip, Trip Advice, or if it's a dating coach. And yeah, that's what's going on today. Really excited to share this with you. Also, what's really cool is now, and you'll hear this in a bit, he's dating very seriously an amazing woman. And she's beautiful inside and out. This is what Shake says. And it's pretty cool that he was able to, after this show, after not getting great PR, actually find an amazing woman. And this is, this is I should have mentioned this, I'll mention it now. This is how powerful attraction is. So yeah, she didn't know who he was when they first met. So it wasn't like, oh man, she met him and she liked him because he was on reality TV. She never saw the show. But what ended up happening was they watched the reunion together. Again, this reunion does not paint him in the best picture. So they watched the reunion together. This was him watching it for the first time. And of course, her watching it for the first time without any context, not having seen the show. And now they're, they're on their way to potentially getting married. So what does this say? Well, this says to me, oh, well, a lot of things, but one thing mainly is that attraction is not a choice. Women will reverse engineer, not reverse engineer. They will, sorry, I got this confused. They will backwards rationalize similar things. Uh, they will backwards rationalize why they should be with a guy, even if they see something like that. So she was fully attracted to him. And even though she saw this reunion episode that did not paint him in the best light, she stills with him and madly in love with him. And they've been together for months after she saw that. So that goes to show you that attraction is not a choice. Women will backwards rationalize why they should be with a guy because if they're so attracted, their emotions take over rather than their logic. Not saying that that's not someone who, you know, she should be with on a logical level, but just saying. It's crazy how that works. If you want to learn how to attract more women, if you want to learn how to be a person who's getting a woman to fall head over heels with him, you can always get help by joining the coaching program. That's right. Trip Advice Accelerator Program is what we call it because we're accelerating you in your dating life. So you don't have to do it on your own. So you don't have to put up a profile online and guess what to do or go on dates that end up not leading to second dates or you have problems with meeting women in person because it's scary to go talk to women. If any of this seems to relate to you, why are you hesitating? Get help. Get help where help can be given. And the TripAdvice Accelerator Program. We're so excited. We've been enrolling guys nonstop to work with myself and our head coach, Eric. 
and people are just getting crazy results and really changing their dating lives, which is making them more confident in their own life. It's pretty cool how when you start to get better with women, you end up getting better and feeling more confident in all these other areas of your life. Like it's all connected. Just how it is with guys, right? It's like you knew if you were the man and you were attracting all these girls going on dates, then it would just be this amazing feeling and make you feel just so good about yourself. Well, there's some secrets to that. And that we will be teaching you in the TripAdvice Accelerator program. So apply today at coachedbytrip.com. Link is in the show notes so you can check that out. Now, here is my interview with Shake from Love is Blind Season 2. Check it out. Shake, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on here, Trip. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. How many podcasts do you usually go on like per month or per week? Do you go on a lot? Yeah, I've gone on quite a few. Certainly when the show first came out, there was a lot more. Actually, interestingly enough, I found out after the fact that there's a lot of requests that I wasn't allowed to take that they kind of like didn't allow for me because... Who didn't you know, allow? You know, I'm not even really <laughs> supposed to say, but let's just say they, we'll leave it vague. Oh gosh, they, okay. They, they censored They censored me a little bit because they didn't want me telling my side of the story so it would fit their narrative a little bit more. Okay, so, I think we know who they is then. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's like one of those things where I, I saw some of my castmates getting these opportunities. I'm like, huh, that's weird. And then eventually... I started getting the opportunities directly and they, I would be like, Hey, so, you know, did you go through this other Avenue at all? And they're like, yeah, they just said shake is no longer doing press. And so they would just tell, they would just tell all these different podcasts and, and like, <laughs> Oh God, which is not true media. Yeah. So that's, that's a Damn. weird thing that I learned through this whole process. Some of that is uh, pretty contrived and controlled. So, a smokescreen, as we call it, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm really excited to be talking to you, man. I mean, like I said to you a second ago, off air, one of the things that I'm always curious about when I watch some of these reality shows is how do they cast this? Like, how do people get on it? So I'd like to start with that, just to get an idea where did this all begin? So way before the filming, what got you on this show? Mm -hmm. So essentially I got a, a message on Instagram is what it boils down to. I got a message and the person was somewhat familiar with who I was already and said, Hey, we heard from someone else that you'd be a great fit for this. And you know, we saw your profile, you, you know, you have a great job, you're good looking, blah, 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 all the, all the stuff to flatter me, you know, to get me interested. And it just so happened to be during a, a vulnerable time of my life. Uh, I had just gone through a breakup, actually. Okay. A breakup in which I had been cheated on. And, you know, that kind of thing is, is hard for your confidence, your you know, your self image, you know, it, it shakes you up a little bit. So when somebody came in here saying, Hey, we want you on this TV show and all these nice things, I was in kind of a spot to, to receive that, 
you know i don't know if i would have said yes in another scenario but i think that was it was kind of the perfect situation for them to reach out during yeah it like it all just kind of lined up okay yeah so so you said yes obviously i did yeah so they asked me to do a series of zoom meetings with various producers and they seemed pretty confident right from the start they were like yeah we're pretty sure we're gonna be moving forward with you like it was one of those things and they're pretty much like yeah i would be pretty surprised if you didn't end up on the show so and then yeah then i kind of just i don't know kind of went with it from there it was during the pandemic so the filming actually got quite a bit postponed because of that oh and that was a weird situation because it's like hey you've agreed to be on the show you can't really date anybody else or in a sense it's like almost unethical to kind of date somebody else during that time when when things are up in the air i mean ultimately i guess if i had met somebody really special i could have could have backed out and there was a situation where i had to think about it i'm like I like this person I'm seeing, but will I regret now not going on this show because of this? Like you have to kind of decide like, Hey, is this person worth kind of giving up this other opportunity? Obviously I ended up taking the opportunity and going forward with that route. And what, what happens? What happened to that woman? Well, so it's interesting because, you know, love is blind is a show where, you're supposed to put the physical attributes to the side or at least on the back burner, right? And this this other individual was somebody where it was kind of the opposite way around. You know, it was more of a physical type relationship without a ton of the deeper stuff. And after my Love is Blind experience, which I think everyone probably knows by now, you know, it didn't it didn't end in marriage. You know, I kind of just 180 back briefly to that very physically, you know, focused relationship, we'll say. And it didn't work out the second time either. And it was probably because, you know, even though the experiment didn't work out for me in the sense of I didn't get married on the show, it did affect me in a lot of ways. It really made me get clear on what I wanted and realize what I appreciated. So when I went back to that individual, it was fun for a while because, you know, that physical part was there. It just didn't last very long because I I knew that, all right, the emotional connection, the deep connection is important to me now more than ever after having put so much emphasis on it during the show. So it didn't last very long. Now I'm with somebody where I have both the emotional and the physical. So it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It it worked out. I mean, listen, I, (laughs) I don't think love is blind, not even a chance. I, I I think anyone who's saying that is, is a liar and they're convincing themselves otherwise, you know, it's like, I get it. It's a, it's first of all, it's a very entertaining show. It's funny is because I actually watched the first season and it was great. It was so much fun to watch. The second season came out and I was like, eh, I don't need to go through that again. I'm just not a big reality TV person. But then my girlfriend at the time, now wife, it was 
watching it. And so I kind of like got in at like episode like three or four. And of course, they know what they're doing when they're editing these things. So it's like, ah, episode three or four. Now I'm in. You know, yeah. I'm getting to know the characters, getting to know you and everybody. And then I watch the thing and I get it. It's like, it's an experiment to see if love is truly blind. And uh, I, I just, it's just not. Like, I think any of those people who got together, who were still together, they were physically attracted to them on some level. I'm not saying that that was the only thing, but let's be real. They were attracted to them. I think they were like pleasantly surprised that, oh, wow, great. I had this emotional connection with you and now we're revealing each other. And I also am physically attracted to you. And then, you know, from there you just see if it works. Absolutely. Yeah. Love isn't blind. You know, one, one thing that I was upset about is um, the reunion episode of season two. They kind of came at me. The hosts themselves came at me. Jeez, for, you got reamed, man. I was yeah, like, for, oh, for God, having the opinion, it was hard to watch. Which, it wasn't very different from what you just said. You know, like, yeah, love isn't blind. You know, the, the emotional and deep connection is important, but it doesn't replace the physical attraction. And mm-hmm. apparently that was the wrong answer. I didn't, I didn't know this was Jeopardy. You know, I didn't know this was a, a quiz show. I thought this was an experiment and I wish they would have kind of carried it out as such now okay so at the end though you were gonna get married i mean Um, at least that's what they that's what they showed is that you guys were gonna get married and then she said no so were you gonna go through with it if she didn't say no no so she and i got along great but you know as early as Mexico, I started having my doubts that we were going to actually get married. And yeah, even though the show didn't portray this, she knew from the start. She was the first person I told. You know, the show made it seem like I spoke with everybody but her. But she's the first person I spoke with because you know, I mean, she deserves to know. Wow. Um, she knew. She oh knew all along, all the way down to the wedding day. Where, you know, it's like this. We were enjoying our time together. I had some serious doubts, but it also wasn't at the point where we're like, let's both like leave and be done with it. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. She knew that I was going to say no first. In fact, I said to her, if you get the chance to say no first, you really should. Because I don't, you know, I can take it. I, I don't want to be the one to say that. I think, you know, as a guy, you know, life will go on for me, right? But it's, it is, I think we can agree it's tougher for the girls if, you know, if the guy says no, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But what happened with that was a little upsetting. It's like, you know, that phrase where uh, you give them an inch, they take a mile, or maybe a better one is no good deed goes unpunished. It's like that, that, that kindness that I showed, she like played into it so hard that I, I regret ever, you know, I don't, I don't ever regret being kind to somebody. So that's not what I meant to say, but I wish, I wish it was a little bit more appreciative of, um, you know, how I allowed things to play out with her. Mm-hmm. She kind of got this narrative of like, she chose herself and like, what have you. But she she ended up just playing this victim card so strongly 
and kind of milking the like this victimhood and it was a false victimhood you know i was i was pretty great to her the whole time and we stayed in touch all the way through the summer after filming all the way up until literally the weekend before the reunion was filmed this is after the show had already come out so you guys were weekend, cool that uh, that whole time we, we watched the super bowl the weekend before we flew to la to shoot the reunion me her shane and kyle so you know all people from the show mm-hmm. so it's just like if if you're gonna be cool with me in real life and then like the cameras turn on and like you're gonna like act a certain type of way or you know just on social media act a certain type of way yeah it's just i don't know it, it started real it ended fake interesting so then what happened with you guys afterward like after the Nothing. reunion I, I haven't spoken to her since wow damn that was a year ago the reunion was was actually just a couple months ago Oh, was it a couple months ago? Okay. Yeah. It feels like because right, we were all watching like years ago. Honestly. Yeah. Actually, just. We oh, just right. Because of the Super Bowl, in. right? You watch the Super Bowl and then yeah. you Yeah. Right. Okay. We actually just ran into each other last week for the first oh, time no. since. How did that, that was, happen? Okay. Who run the. Who? So I was in Chicago for a wedding with my girlfriend and we decided to go get some drinks afterwards. So we were like all dressed up and stuff. I ran into her and um, a group of her friends, some of which I recognized, but uh, it didn't go well. Let me tell you, hey, I'm I my conscience is clear. I you know I didn't do anything all that terrible. I was like, hey, how are you? But it was a lot of like mean girl type stuff that ensued. Like you know what, what I mean? What they do? Like, what they say? I mean, I I'm not even exaggerating when I say they like huddled around her and they were like hissing like kind of at us almost like it's it's is pretty childish behavior pretty childish behavior a lot oh of sneering gosh. and just like scowling and and like emily and i were there and we're just like okay like you know we're here like what do you what do you think this is yeah i don't know it felt, it felt very like middle schoolish yeah oh man how old are you how old is she I'm 33. I think she's 31, something like that. Okay. Okay. Wait, did you mean Deeps or my girlfriend or? No. I'm um, at least 27. Yeah, no, not your girlfriend. I, oh, okay. What's her name? I forgot her name. Deeps, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Sorry, it's been a minute since I watched the show. Um, yeah, all good. Yeah. Okay. So, well, that makes sense. You know, women in their 20s are going to be acting like that. It's just, uh, yeah, very immature. It's interesting, though, to hear your side of the story. What's it's even more interesting is I did not expect what happened on the reunion. Like, you were, it's just weird. It almost it escalated without even knowing. It's like, you know, you watched your part. You were just, okay, yeah, it, she said no, and... You were like, it's cool, guys, and it's all good. And then your storyline ended. And all of a sudden, cut to the reunion, and everyone's just hating on you. And, it's, and I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, that, where did this, how did this happen? So yeah. they must have, I don't know, you tell me, like, where did that come from? 
Yeah. So a part of it, a part of it is going to come from, they wrote me into this or like, you know, portrayed me in a certain way. And if the way they'd portrayed me was real, I would be very, very sorry. I would be apologizing profusely. I would be seeking forgiveness or at least at the very least, you know, doing what I can to make amends with, with deeps or, you know, anyone else who I may have offended, but I wasn't willing to do that because you you could tell. Yeah. I wasn't willing to do that because it, it just wasn't true. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, they wanted me to apologize for something and kind of play into something where for the most part, you know, playing into this role benefited most of the others, but it like flatly, like it really didn't benefit me. You know what I mean? So at that Mm -hmm. point I'm like, I'm done with this like wink, wink sort of like go with it kind of, kind of thing, you know, like it doesn't benefit me at all to do so. And I noticed that these, these castmates of mine that at, the beginning were all real genuine people. They'd become very comfortable with lying to protect their image. Very, very comfortable with lying. Give me an example here. Yeah. And it, it could range from something as simple as, Oh, are you two friends? Oh yeah, we hang out all the time. We just hung out last week, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you guys, no, you didn't. You guys, no. Like, you know, from something very simple like that to something much bigger, which, you know, hate to like go dragging up like old stuff from the show before, but like, you know, Kyle pretending to be romantically interested in deeps just, just to get attention just to, you know, to get people to be interested or curious. Like it's all, it's all fake, you know? And I've said this a couple of times before and, you know, typically the podcasts I go on now, we're not really talking about the show specifically, but you know, I, I, I'm happy to share that part of it. You know, it's just pretty disingenuous if you ask me to, to go out and say something like that just for attention, I mean, say what you will about me for having my opinions on, you know, what it takes for a relationship to work. Say what you will about me having preferences and the type of women I like to date, but I never lied. You know, I kept it real. I kept it honest. And, you know, all I can say is it worked out for me in the end. Like I, I got my dream girl, you know, I, I, I held out for the type of person that I wanted. And <laughs> yes, part of that was a physical thing and that's not a crime to you know have a physical type yeah no not at all do you think they were portraying it that way not not simply being physically attracted but i think they did portray having a type as as something that was not okay or wrong or misogynistic you know interesting yeah it is interesting because i think you know plenty of women have a type and that's never hated on or at least not to the same degree as men. Oh no, not at all. Uh, it's not equivalent in society's eyes when a man says that a woman is too big for him, like overweight. 
versus a woman saying, oh, he has to be over six feet. For some reason, society views that as totally normal for women to say that and for men to say that. It's like the worst thing in the world. Totally. I, I tell you, that, that whole double standard makes me so furious. It's like yeah. that's the one that really gets me. Yeah. And it, it, it just shows like the direction in which society is going. Not only it's crazy that those two things, for some reason, have become so uh, unequal when said out loud, but also the fact that when a woman says that about a man, he can't change that. That's almost like worse to me to say something. Yeah. I, again, I think it's fine. A woman wants what a woman wants. I'm not, I'm not going to bag on her for saying that, just like I wouldn't bag on a guy for saying that. But it's yeah. interesting because a woman can change that and yeah. a man can't change that. Just something yeah. to think about. Well, the, I think the thing that kind of got conflated, unfortunately, was people started to believe that I thought less of a woman because of her size. And that's absolutely not true. You know, it was never about a person as a person. We're talking about sexual attraction. That's completely different. You know, I mean, you know, I try to appreciate everybody I meet and at least show respect to everybody I meet, regardless of how they look or, you know, or their gender or their orientation or, or any of that stuff. None of that matters, but we're specifically talking about love here. We're not talking about hiring somebody for a job. In that case, it would be absolutely inappropriate to judge them based on their height, weight, race, et cetera. But this isn't that. No, you know, you're allowed to choose in matters of love. And people took this opportunity to kind of hate on me for something that, you know, is, is perfectly acceptable for anybody looking for love. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting. It did get complicated because, you know, to be real with you, I know that there were points in the reunion where there was like fights about what the show was about. And so I get what they were saying at times when they were saying like, this show isn't about looks. But then again, on your side, it's like, well, you were just giving your opinion on saying that looks do matter. And that it was almost, you didn't say this directly, but you were basically saying that with this experiment, you don't think that love is blind. And I think that's totally okay for you to have said that. So it just, it, it got real, I don't know, complicated during, yeah, uh, during that. Exactly. I, I said my opinion and then, you know, like we covered before that literally the hosts of the show, like they had to come to the defense of the premise of the show. You know what I mean? It's like, it just seemed really contrived. Yeah. What happened once the cameras were off? In after the reunion, yeah. So once the cameras were off, um, I tried to just walk off the set, and they didn't let me. They're like, "No, you got to go back. You got to go back." And then, like, I'm just standing there, and they're still kind of like filming. They like take a group picture, and I'm like, "Oh my my, I, I just can't wait to get out of there." Essentially, but they basically didn't let me leave until you know they got whatever footage they needed, and we had a couple dressing rooms or whatever to to get ready 
And I just went and grabbed my stuff out of mine. And they don't let you leave. They have to like drop you off back at the hotel. You can't just like call an Uber. And I just wanted nothing to do with these people at this point. Plus, I was DJing that night in LA. So I pretty much just hung out in the hallway until uh, until I got a ride back. They took me back early and uh, had an awesome night. I uh, got dinner with some friends in LA at Catch LA, which is like a yeah, cool I've been there. You know that one? Great, great place, yeah. great food. I was there like six months into the opening. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Hard to get a reservation there. But went there and then played a, a pretty solid set and I had a great time after that, but it was kind of a, a turning point where, you know, I had these feelings about my cast members, cast mates, kind of had a feeling that we were going our separate ways a little bit, but this was like the defining moment where I was like, okay, like you've, you know, said your piece and like, there's no going back. Yeah. You were just turned off by them all completely. It sounds like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Damn. So you don't keep in touch with any of them anymore? Uh, no, no. Shane. I don't know if you remember him. Yep. Yeah. He's been sending me some thirsty messages and, uh, I could pull them up on my phone here. They're like, Hey what man, mean? like, Hey bro, you were right. I was wrong. No like, way. I should have had your back. And that's, you know, I was hurt by Shane not having my back because, like, he knew all this stuff. And mm-hmm. he, he could have chimed in at any given moment. And said something. And said something, even to the effect of, like, you know, hey, Deeps, why are you playing victim? You Like, if it was so bad, you could have, like, you know, ended it. And the truth is it wasn't bad at all. It wasn't. I made sure the time we had t- together, I treated her exceptionally. And I brought her out to all my friends to meet all my friends. I brought her to my DJ sets, like whatever, whatever I could do, I did, you know? And like, and for what? For her to like get on this high horse and like, you know, act like I, so anyway, Shane was somebody who was kind of had intimate knowledge of that and really could have spoken up and never did. And so I I was kind of like, all right, bro. That pissed you off. Yeah, especially considering how many times I'd been there for him. And, and like these are stories that I'm not willing to share, but you know, I'll just put it this way. There was instances where like he could have been in pretty big trouble if I hadn't been there for him. And not just once. So just to feel, you know, that I'd done my part and it wasn't their back. Yeah, I I'll put it this way. I've never once thought like, oh, I wish I was friends with this person or that person. Yeah. Sounds like they just didn't fall through. Yeah. And and that's all right. I mean, the cool thing is I had a great, you know, life before the show to fall back on. And that's, you know, that's what gave me the confidence to say this stuff. You know? Um, How do you mean? So, you know, the reason a lot of these people changed in my eyes yeah. is because all of a sudden they had an image they had to protect. They had this potential, I guess, fame, quote unquote, that they were after. And they knew that, you know, 
associating with me would be bad for their image or defending me would be bad for their image. You know, I'm the villain of the show. Whereas, you know, she's the kind of like hero of the show. So like better choose what side you want to be on that type of thing. Right. Um, maybe they wanted to leverage, you know, the fame from the show into some new business opportunities or whatever, you know, me, I already had a career as a veterinarian. Right. And, I was getting plenty of DJ gigs around Chicago and having a great time, right? So yeah, I didn't have a special person to share it with, but I had a a great life, right? And it's not like I was looking at the show to like give me that, you know? And so I was able to call things out when they happened, whereas other people, it's like, you know, they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them type of thing. They're unwilling to call things out because they're just trying to preserve that relationship and get as much as they can out of it. For me, the hand, the hand was feeding me, but it was also slapping me. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'm, I don't need this. You know, I'll find my food elsewhere. If you're going to keep slapping me like this, some people were, you know, and like I said, I was good friends with these people. Some people were really relying on this show. They're like, can't wait for this show to come out so I can have a, a whole new life doing this or a whole new life doing that. Like maybe I'll find an apartment and they won't even make me pay for it because I'm, you know, I'm have this many followers, you know, I mean, when you're looking for going on a show like this to change your life radically, you're going to play it safe. <laughs> right. And playing it safe yeah, sometimes of course. means not being truthful. And that's kind of, you know, my, yeah, I think it's a pretty accurate guess as to why things played out the way they did for most of these people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it turns into now. It's like getting on a reality show thinking, yeah, you're going to become an influencer. And I mean, for some people that does mm-hmm. happen, but yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't follow anyone. It's like, are they influencers now? Are they big time? Follow, people follow them and yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I don't really follow them either i'm sure they are in their own right doing something i mean we kind of all went in our own directions but you know to me it just it just isn't worth being fake you know and after a certain point i just fully embraced it i'm like you know at this point what do i have to lose i I may as well just keep it real you know um they're gonna hate me whether i'm real or if i pretend to be someone I'm not. So why pretend? I've never been good at pretending. So why start now? And the great thing about it is, not something I could have predicted, but a lot of people see my point of view and they appreciate how real I kept it despite the pressure to fold, to apologize, you know, in spite of being, you know, it's like standing up to the bully. That's kind of how I look at it. You know what I mean? I I stood up to the bully. I stood up for what I believe in. And I won in my own way. You know, like I said, I mean, I'm, life is great right now. You know, I, I, I'm with a girl that I, I'm probably going to marry. Let's you know, talk about that beautiful. for a second. Yeah. So well, tell me the whole story. So, okay. So you have this great night. You DJ. And you're with your friends, partying in LA. It was great. 
So what happens after this? I mean, how how yeah. fast did they air the reunion after it was actually filmed? It was two weeks later. Okay, so fast. They were getting that thing yeah. up. Yeah. And then yeah. did you get a lot of hate messages and DMs of people just being mean or what happened? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it sucked more for my family than it did for me because... You know, I honestly, it didn't bother me that much. It really didn't. It kind of, if anything, kind of fueled my fire, you know, because I would just think of like clever responses to these people. And like, it didn't bother me. Like if somebody, you know, said something about you, like said like, I don't know, Trip freaking sucks at driving. He can't drive for shit like he's the worst driver i've ever met and like you're a yeah. perfectly good driver you're not gonna go, go like sob about that you know i don't right? even think i would sob if they said i was the worst dating coach i'd be like okay <laughs> okay there you go yeah so that's something a little so, bit more personal for you that you know that, you, exactly. that matters to you people could say anything right but if you don't believe it it, it, it shouldn't hurt you that much but Maybe it would hurt your wife, right? And the people people around you sometimes get more hurt than you do when these things mm-hmm. happen. And that's kind of what happened with my parents and my family. I felt bad for them for that reason. But I actually ended up getting a lot of nice messages in private. So the hate was all public. But privately, uh, they would course. be like, bro, oh, you're God. the man. You kept it real. Like all that type of stuff. And yep. I learned that the reason that they didn't say it publicly is because it was so unpopular to support me publicly that they had, that they had to say it privately because they would get hated on the people that stuck up for me, the people that offended me, they would get hated on just for defending me. Right. So then they had to do it of course privately, but the same thing in real life, I've rarely met somebody that, you know, in person does not relate to me, agree with me, support me in some way. Or maybe those people are just not saying hello to me, you know, in real life. Like it's been fantastic. It's, it's opened up a lot of doors. It's been, you know, it's led to cool experiences and more than anything else, a lot of people who are genuinely happy to meet me and, and applaud me for standing up to, you know, the system, so to speak. But let's talk about let's talk about meeting Emily, if you don't mind, because I think yeah. this is a is is kind of related to the reunion in a way. The reunion just went down so dramatically that yeah. I booked another trip. I'm like, okay, I don't want to be in Chicago <laughs> for this. Like I, you know, I just don't know what to expect. I'm just gonna go stay with a friend in Miami and not even watch the reunion and just try and like you know, so I, I flew down to Miami and episode came out. The messages started coming in, but I'm like, I'm not even going to look at this right now. I'm not even going to watch the episode. I ended up going to a really popular pool party here in Miami at the SLS South beach. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but certainly not somewhere you would go to like meet your future wife you know what i mean it's like you're just there for fun right yeah and that's exactly that was my goal i was just there to party and you know get my mind off of things and have a good time and i end up meeting emily who had never even seen the show 
So she had no preconceived judgment or notion of me. You know, she just said that, you know, she found me attractive and confident and, you know, had had a good vibe and going. Wasn't, and wasn't blind, wasn't blind to your looks? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, we watched the reunion together for the first time. So that was the first, like, she saw me on TV was like me, like, Damn, in a fight with 10 other crazy. people. <laughs> and yeah, we watched that together. And then things just kind of happened fast. I mean, you know, I'm a big believer in holding out for what you want when it comes to relationships, not settling. And I really do think that, you know, everyone deserves to have what they want, what they what they are looking yeah. for. And if they don't have that, whether it's a job, whether it's a partner or even friendships, it's okay to keep looking, you know, you're not tied to these mm -hmm. things that, that make you unhappy. So now you've been dating her for, let's see, three, like four or five months. Yeah. But it seems like a lot longer than that, considering we, we literally live together here in Miami now. So oh, things, okay. So she's, you guys are living together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Things moved fast. You know, this is definitely the fastest things have ever moved for me, but it's never felt so right, you know? And I, I, I know I've talked a lot of smack about love is blind and rightfully so, you know, some of it was pretty whack, but it did prepare me for this because when you go in to those pods, knowing that like, all right, I need to get really clear on what I want and oh, there's no topic. Yeah, there is no topic that is off limits because this is like my future person and you have to condense this whole dating experience down into two weeks. So you know, by the end of that, you know what you want. You really know what you don't want. You know what questions to ask, right? And in a, in a weird way, I feel like, you know, if not having gone on the show, I don't know if I would have been able to make this kind of commitment so quickly. Wow, dude, the, the way that that's so interesting. So yeah. all in all, it really was one of the best experiences because of how it taught you to filter and what to look for in a woman. It was basically like a boot camp on how to find out if someone's a good fit. Yeah, I'll put it to you this way. As a TV show, I give it, uh, three out of 10. Okay. But love is blind as an experience. 15 out of 10, you know, the experience was incredible. What I learned from it was incredible, but I could have done without, you know, the part where they manufacture a story for entertainment. You get what I'm saying by that? Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the experience was great for you. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And now look at you. You're uh, in a great relationship, living together. Are you fully out of Chicago now? Yeah, just about. Yeah. I have a condo there where I was living, and we've spent the last couple months going back and forth, but that's pretty much wrapped up now. I'm going to have some tenants moving in. I have some family in Naperville, which you probably are familiar with. Very familiar, um, yep. Is that where you're so, from? 
Yeah, that's where I grew up. So okay. still be headed back there okay. every once in a while. Nice. Well, when you do, man, we'll grab a drink. We'll say what's up. Yeah, I'd love to. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, this has been cool. Just hearing your story, hearing what's going on. So are you still doing, are you still, I don't know how to, how to say this. Practicing. Vet, practicing. Practicing. Practicing your, as a veterinarian. Yes. So I just, <laughs> I just took my Florida boards and passed those. So okay. um, I'll have my Florida license shortly. I'm working on a few different projects right now. Yeah. What are you One most excited them, about? I know you got your podcast. Got Life is Blurry, which has been a great way of, you know, getting my voice and other voices out there. The thing I'm most excited about is a project called Your Digital Pet, which is where we are digitally recreating people's pets into NFTs. Oh, that's right. You told me about this. This is, dude, genius. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun with this one. So basically, you have these NFTs of your own pet, dog, Mm -hmm. cat, pig, horse, whatever you choose. And not only is it like a fun thing to have in your wallet, but these are also going to be playable characters in our metaverse we're creating called the Petaverse. So a lot of development going on behind the scenes. Our team is growing pretty fast. We have five people in America and then a much bigger team in South Korea and then artists in Turkey and in some in in Europe too. So dude, yeah, yeah, you're doing a lot. You still DJing too? Still DJing. It's, uh, it's definitely been hard to find time to do everything, but you know, I'm happy to DJ like once a month. It's, it's like one of those things where like every once in a while, you know, I find some bangers just from driving around in my car. I'm like, Oh, this, this needs to be, this needs to be heard. And then, you know, I end up getting booked somewhere and get to share it with everyone. I like it, man. I like it. Keep them busy. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. And just sharing your story and your side. And honestly, it was just interesting for me just on a, on the basis of hearing what it's like to be a contestant on reality TV, which I already kind of knew is it's uh, it's a lot of BS what you see is not everything. They have so much footage and edit everything down to be the most entertaining possible. So you're not always getting the full story, which in that sense is like, it's about 30 to 40% reality. And you know, it's not mm-hmm. fully reality. So yeah, um, it was cool talking to you and I'm excited to be on your podcast. I'm going to be on tomorrow and yep. guys, you should check out his podcast. Life is blurry. And I'm assuming that's available anywhere where podcasts can be listened to. Exactly. Cool. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes so guys can check it out if they want to listen there. And we'll also put your Instagram if they want to follow you and see what you're up to. And and yeah, man, just thanks for being here and and sharing everything that you've been doing. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an honor. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll, we'll have a fun one tomorrow, too. Can't wait. Thanks, man. Awesome.